0: Freshman wide receiver Nicholas Harbour was officially named a starter when South Carolina released their depth chart on Monday. And as crazy as it sounds, that's both a good and bad sign for the Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello! Hello! Nation and happy Halloween to all of you. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on si.com. I thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. South Carolina officially released their depth chart for their Week 10 matchup against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks on Monday afternoon. And typically during the season, there's not a whole lot of changes with these depth charts. Shane Beamer's not exactly a head coach that really delves all that much into trying to change you know, the most minute details with the depth chart once the season gets underway. But there was a glaring adjustment that was made on this week's depth chart as five-star or former five-star signee and true freshman wide receiver Nicholas Harper is now officially listed as a starter for the Gamecocks at one of their wide receiver positions. And obviously, I know a lot of fans would be quite excited about this proposition, but as crazy as it sounds, this is both a good and a bad sign for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And I'm going to be sure to explain both sides of this coin over the next few minutes. But let's start off with, obviously, the good side. The the good reason why Nicholas Harper is now a starter for the Gamecocks. Because, one, he has earned the staff's trust. Shane Beamer told the media after the Gamecocks played the Texas A&M Aggies this past weekend... That Nicholas Harper is putting in a lot of extra work, saying that he is catching balls both before and after the Gamecocks are practicing throughout the week. And by this point, we all know just how much Shane Beamer and his entire coaching staff value practice and the fact that guys don't just get to play because they work hard in practice. You have to not just work hard in practice, but you've also got to show reasonable improvement you got to show that you are creating good habits that are going to translate to game day that is the philosophy that beamer and his staff hold when it comes to deciding who's going to play on saturdays for them and nicholas harper it's very clear with this change that the staff now believes that you know he's ready and he has earned the right to be named a starter for this football team and this also validates the idea that, you know, these coaches, they mean what they say. They are genuine in terms of what their expectations are for their football players. And so you earn a bit more respect and you build a bit more trust, not just with the individual player, Nicholas Harper, but also other guys on the football team, especially the true freshmen who see just how many chances Nicholas Harper is getting because of the work he's putting in. And that is another benefit from this move for South Carolina is that another true freshman is seeing the field. And this is showing recruits from the 2024 class, 2025 class, you name it, that you will be given a chance to come in, earn your stripes, and become starters or potentially be significant rotational players at your position group if you put in the work and show the improvement on the practice field this season alone South Carolina they have seen plenty of freshmen already fill in those kind of roles. Nicholas Harper has obviously become a guy at wide receiver. Jalon Kilgore might be the best example from this 2023 class. You've also got Tree Babalade and Trevon Bond in the offensive line. Grayson Pup Howard at linebacker. Desmond Romeo Zulu at edge. You got Judge Collier at cornerback and you've also got another wide receiver in Tyshawn Russell. All of these guys have played a ton of snaps and I don't think a single one of them at this point can redshirt this year, which, you know, depending on how you look at it is both a good and bad thing, because it does mean that you're having to rely on a lot of young guys, but also a lot of these guys, the team is able to rely on them because they're not your typical freshmen. We all knew that when South Carolina reeled in the 2023 class that they had, that was headlined by Nicholas Harbor. And so... Guys that are in the 2024 class, maybe some guys that, you know, hey, have been paying attention this season and noticed that, you know, this football team right now, they're not getting the end results they want. They feel like even more now with this kind of move that they could come in there and have a chance to make an immediate impact and help this football team win more football games immediately as soon as they get there. Now, as I said at the beginning... This is also a bad sign for South Carolina. And I know that some of you are probably sitting there right now thinking, Andrew, how in the world could this be bad for the Gamecocks? Here's how. Look at the wide receiver position right now. Juice Wells, obviously, is currently out dealing with that foot injury, that lower body injury that he's had since the Georgia game. Maybe the same one that he had before the Georgia game ever took place. Xavier Leggett got a bit dinged up this past week. And as we have seen this season, this has certainly not been a consistent position group behind Xavier Leggett. Nicholas Harbour has started to emerge the past couple weeks, which is why obviously now he is a starter. But the thing that I find troubling about this move at the wide receiver spot is the fact that we got to think about this for a second. Nicholas Harbour, a year ago, was not playing wide receiver full time at his high school. He did not get here until the month of June this year and despite all of that he has already leapfrogged several guys and become a starter before the end of october for the gamecocks and again it might depend on the way you want to interpret that you could definitely interpret it as a good thing and you could choose to look more at the work ethic of nicholas harper certainly not taking anything away from him i don't want to be misconstrued as doing that But at the same time, you've also got to look at a couple guys in this wide receiver room and you almost got to start wondering, what are you guys doing? I'm not going to name names. I'm not here to do that on this show. But there are a couple guys that should feel challenged by Nicholas Harper now being named a starter. Guys that, quite frankly, this staff just needs to contribute more on a consistent basis. Maybe guys that if they're not already doing so, maybe they should be staying around after practice, catching some extra balls like Nicholas Harbor has this season, or maybe even doing it before practice. They need more at this position group. And while it is great that Nicholas Harbor is taking the steps that he has taken so far in the 2023 season, you can't just have one or two guys at wide receiver. You've got to have more than that. And quite frankly, right now, They're just not getting enough out of that group. So that is why I say this is admittedly also a bit of a bad sign in my mind. Because, you know, again, Nicholas Harper, he was, you know, edge rusher, a tight end, a wide receiver, all in one for his high school last year. First year in the SEC, wasn't even here for the entire offseason. And now, before the start of November, he's a starter for this team. I don't think that's exactly 100% great. In terms of what that says about the rest of this position group, so some of these other guys they got to step up. It's a simple way to put it, but at the same time, it is a good sign that Nicholas Harbor, you know, has earned this much trust now from the coaching staff, and they have pretty much told him, Hey, look, you've shown enough improvement. You know, he's by no means a finished product, but you know what? We feel like that. You deserve to go out there with the rest of these guys on offense. We already were seeing an uptick in snaps the last couple weeks, so you certainly maybe could have seen this coming, especially after what he did against Texas AM, responding after that critical third down drop on the Gamecocks' first offensive drive. But nonetheless, certainly a big time storyline here for the Gamecocks in a season that has had a lot of downs. Nicholas Harper has certainly been a bright spot for this football program. So. We'll see how he handles this, of course, as the Gamecocks prepare to take on their Gamecock brethren of Jacksonville State later this week. But we're not going to get into that game, really, until our Wednesday show. i got a lot of other things I want to touch on today. And one of those topics involves a rant that a certain coach from the upstate went on last night. And not specifically what Dabo Sweeney said, but more so how South Carolina's Shane Beamer can take some notes and some lessons away from that rant and maybe apply that to how he is handling his down year here in Columbia. I'm going to dive into that whole conversation in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. The South Carolina Gamecocks have got four home games remaining in the 2023 football season. And I get it. Jacksonville State does not get you all excited. Neither does the Vanderbilt game. And maybe even the Kentucky game doesn't. But I do know that the Palmetto Bowl will get Gamecock fans up and loud in a hurry. And here's the thing. South Carolina and the Tigers, they could be fighting for bowl eligibility by the time the Palmetto Bowl rolls around. So let's say the Gamecocks go on a run. Maybe you want to make it to the last home game of the season. You're not going to have to worry about snacking a last minute ticket because game time is going to have you covered. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you, everydayers, who make the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. A certain head coach in the college football world went on a massive rant last night after a fan basically asked him, why are you getting paid $11 plus million a year to go four and four? And that head coach was Clemson's own Dabo Sweeney. Now, I know again, a lot of you obviously can't stand the Clemson Tigers for clear reasons. So you might be wondering, why am I bringing him up to begin with? Well, I'm not bringing up Dabo Sweeney to poke fun at him, but I am bringing him up and this rant that he went on because even though it's not an apples-to-apples comparison in totality, Dabo Swinney and Shane Beamer do have one thing in common this year. They're both in the midst of a down season. At Dabo Sweeney and Shane Beamer, they both have been in the national media headlines at certain points this year. For maybe the wrong reasons, reasons that maybe could be a bit detrimental to how people sort of view them as a head coach leading a major college football program. And so I wanted to play a couple of sound bites from this rant that Dabo Sweeney went on. I highly recommend that you go listen to the whole thing on any other site or social media. Don't have enough time to play all of it, but want to play a few sound bites. And go over a few lessons that Shane Beaver could take away from this rant that Dabo went on. So here is the first clip from Dabo Sweeney's rant that he had on Monday night.
1: Let me tell you something. Uh, We won 11 games last year. And you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that that all you do is the, the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation. And that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And that's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read – Listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you, all right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins, all right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody, Coach K never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year.
0: So lesson number one for Shane Beamer here after listening to this first soundbite is this. Don't use past success to deflect from present or ongoing problems. That is what Dabo Sweeney did here in that soundbite, saying, you know, how many... 10 plus one seasons have we had here and then we have one down year and now all of a sudden there's a lack of appreciation seemingly from what you know Clemson has done and again this is why I say it's not a total apples to apples comparison because Dabo's been at Clemson for like 13, 14, 15 years. Shane Beamer is only going into his third year is now you know two-thirds of the way through his third year here at South Carolina but Shane you know, not saying that he would do this, but certainly don't want to get to a certain point where you start to say, well, you know, we went to a ball game my first two years here. You know, we've won seven games and then eight games. Don't want to do what Will Muschamp did in year three or after year three and say, you know, I got the most wins out of any f- first three-year stretch in program history, you know, to make it out like there's no issues. Do not want to do that because in Will Muschamp's case, it came back to bite him. Don't want to do that here if you're Shane Beamer. Let's go now into the next soundbite with Evo Sweeney talking about the fan base and how they have changed over the years.
1: I used to tell people all the time, they say, what's the difference in Clemson? i me tell you. At, Cle- at some places, there's an expectation, but at Clemson, there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we... It used to be the funds and the winning. Now, even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. people like you.
0: I want so much that I basically spoiled all of you. That's what Dabo Sweeney essentially said in that soundbite. So the lesson here for Shane Beamer, lesson number two is don't insist that the fan base changed more than you haven't changed. Dabo Sweeney is in the predicament that he's in right now because he hasn't changed enough and he hasn't really tried to adapt to the ongoing evolution that college football is going through right now. And again, this doesn't apply as strongly here with Shane as it does with that, but because of the time differential of their tenures. But for Shane Beamer, he has shown signs of being a bit hesitant at certain points to change things even when something isn't working. So if the fan base you know, starts to turn on you a little bit, Don't all of a sudden think that they just basically changed how they feel about you. You know, I think the majority of this fan base, they're still behind Shane Beamer. But Shane Beamer, you know, if you see this criticism from the fan base, don't take it as, you know, they just all of a sudden flipped on you, like kind of dappo, at least insinuated in that soundbite. Because it's not that. They just want to see the program succeed, and therefore they want to see you make the right decisions that they feel like will help the program continue to elevate moving forward. So, with that bearing in mind, let's now go into this last soundbite, where Davos Sweeney once again seems to refer to the idea of maybe the bandwagon needs to be lightened up a little bit.
1: And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, alright, and 15 years later, I'm still here, and i say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So, you don't ever have to call back. I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment.
0: Lesson number three to take away from Davos Sweeney's rant on Monday night, don't ever tell fans to not be fans if they have issues with how you run things. Kind of relates back to lesson number two that I went over. But basically, don't be completely thin skinned when it comes to criticism from the fan base. It will make you come off like you think you are completely absolved from criticism, even when it is deserved. And fan bases definitely do not like it when they're basically being talked down upon and present the idea that basically they should never question anything that you do. So again, this doesn't probably give full context as to what Dabo Sweeney wanted to get off his chest with his whole spiel on Monday night. Still recommend that y'all go back and listen to that in its entirety if you can find it. But again, these are the three lessons that Shane needs to take away on that end and apply to what all he's got going over here. Don't use past success to deflect from present problems. Don't insist the fan base changed more than you haven't changed. And don't ever tell fans to not be fans if they have issues with how you run your program. If you can stray away from doing any of those things, I think that you'll be A-OK. Now, South Carolina, obviously getting near the end of the 2023 season. Some fans I know are looking ahead to 2024. And some guys that they could have on this roster that are going to be some true freshmen. Another highly touted recruiting class. Coming in. We've been going over plenty of guys on this show already. We're going to go over another one today in linebacker Wendell Gregory in just a couple of moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Got an interesting Thursday night matchup coming up here in the NFL as the Tennessee Titans, the Fighting Will Levises, will be going on the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are currently three-point favorites in this matchup, according to FanDuel, and the money line for the Steelers is set at minus 156. If you think the historically prestigious Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get the job done on a short week here against the Titans, then now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit fanduelcom on and kick off the NFL season with Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Let's continue our future Gamecock profiles here today with four-star linebacker/slash edge rusher Wendell Gregory. Now, when watching some of his film from his 2023 senior season, the biggest strength the biggest thing that sticks out to me about Wendell Gregory's game is his high motor. Wendell Gregory reminds me a lot of a more athletic Debo Williams. He's a guy that can diagnose what all is going on in the backfield, but the difference between him and Debo Williams is that Debo Waves is maybe not the greatest sideline-to-sideline side line linebacker, Well, Wendell Gregory is a guy that can handle stopping on a dime, changing direction, and chasing guys down outside of the numbers. He is a flat-out football player who never stops moving when a play is ongoing. So, how is he going to help out his position group or the defensive side of the ball in its entirety? Well, again, depending on what position he plays, either way, Wendell Gregory is going to give an athletic boost to this defense. And I also think that he has a certain competitive fire that comes out every once in a while when he makes a play, which obviously you got to have if you're going to play defense, especially in the SEC. So that leads into the next question, which is where would he slide in? And this, in my opinion, is the toughest question to answer when it comes to Wendell Gregory. Because in my opinion, it's gonna depend completely on the scheme that South Carolina is running this next year. Now, don't take that clip and run with it necessarily because I'm not insinuating that South Carolina's gonna change the scheme or there's gonna be a coaching change. Cause I don't know. Okay. I promise y'all that I do not know. But I do think that it is fair to prepare for the idea that maybe, just maybe, there could be a schematic change. With this defense starting in 2024. So let's say. South Carolina continues to run a base nickel defense. Or a 4-2-5 defense. If that ends up being the case. Then I think that Wendell Gregory will be sliding in. At the edge rusher position. Because quite frankly. I think if he was a 4-2-5 linebacker. I think his talents would be a bit wasted. I think he's a guy that you want a bit closer to the line of scrimmage, and especially on the outside, where again, he can cover a lot of ground if there's a quick hitter that's thrown out to the perimeter, or maybe there's an outside zone run or a halfback toss that ends up getting thrown out there as well. Now, let's say, for hypothetical sake, that maybe the Gamecocks decide they're going to run more of a 3-4 scheme in 2024. If that were to happen, I think that, Wendell Gregory would be a perfect weak side-outside linebacker in that kind of defense. Because here's my thing about Wendell Gregory's game. I love his motor, and I love his overall athleticism in terms of his ability to move both downhill and sideline to sideline. I think all of that is great. The one thing I would say about Wendell Gregory's game, if I have to nitpick, is I don't really think he's got many pass-rushing moves to speak of. Which... At the addresser position, especially a position where you're going to be getting after the quarterback more often than not, it's a bit more difficult, especially in the SEC, to win those kind of one-on-ones if you don't really have a pass rushing move to speak of. Not even a, you know, conventional dip and rip like most guys usually have along the defensive line. So... If he were to play this kind of position, a 3 4 defense, Wendell Gregory would not have to be an every down passer, but he could still help you out in blitzes from time to time. And again, he has the athleticism to help out both the man and zone coverage on underneath routes. So. Personally, right now, I don't think he's being used to the best of his abilities in his high school team's current defense that they're employing, which is pretty much a 4-2-5 where they've got that specialized edge rusher position on the outside and a two-point stance or stand-up stance. That's where Wendell Gregory is playing right now. I think a 3-4 would be much better suited to his specific skill set. Which leads me into playing time. Same exact dilemma that I had with where he will slide in positionally. If South Carolina is running a 4-2-5 defense in 2024, I think that Wendell Gregory would primarily be a special teamer. I don't think he would redshirt. I think he'd be basically a 12-game special teams player for South Carolina but I don't think he would play a whole lot defensively because of all the guys in front of him that have experience in that system. Now let's say again, South Carolina, hypothetically speaking, they switch it up to a 3-4 defense. If they wound up doing something like that, I think Wendell Gregory could crack the two deep in year one. I think that, again, his skill set fits a 3-4 scheme so much better than a 4-2-5 Not saying that that should be the sole reason why you switch up your entire scheme just for one player, but if they do end up going to a 3-4, Wendell Gregory, in my opinion, would be able to adapt to the college game much quicker in terms of learning a scheme, learning terminology, getting the playbook down, and just being able to go out there and make plays. And that's really the kind of football player that he is, and so being in a 3-4, I think it would, again be much better suited for his skill set. And therefore, I think he would get on the field much quicker if that's the kind of defensive scheme that Clayton White or maybe whoever the defensive coordinator is, is employing this next fall for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So all dependent on a couple different factors. But either way... I do think that Wendell Gregory is going to make an impact for this team in year one. At the very minimum, he will make an impact on special teams as a high motor player on multiple different special team units under Pete Limbo. The question is, is the scheme going to be the same or is it going to be changed? If it's changed, I think there's a greater chance you could see him out there on the football field early. If it's not changed, then um, I think that it's a lot more likely that he stays on special teams for the majority of the 2024 season. But with that being said, that does it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts on Nicholas Harbour officially being named a starter for the South Carolina Gamecocks? Do you think that there's actually any potential downside or maybe a bad sign regarding that position group with him being named a starter? What do you think about Dabo Sweeney's rant that he went on on Monday night? And do you think that Shane Beamer could take away some lessons from from that rant itself. And lastly, what are your thoughts on linebacker Wendell Gregory and what all he could possibly do for this team in 2024? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me direct message on Twitter or X at A Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday and happy Halloween, everybody. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Game Cox podcast.